0: Anything, our Marion Libraries podcast, where we talk about anything literary and literary anything. I'm Jane. I'm Paula. Hello, welcome back. Here we are.
1: May. May. Almost the middle of the year, and we are still in slight isolation. Yes. Although Jane and I are in the library today. One point five meters apart. Yes as prescribed. Yes. But the library is still closed at this point.
0: And if you are looking for what you can still do at the library, have a listen to our episode last month where at the beginning we outlined all the things that you can still do. And there's so many things. There's heaps of things.
1: And also follow us on all of our social medias. You can find us on YouTube now as well. That's right. If you search for City of Marion, you'll find some of our –
0: programs that we have been putting out online yep so our webinars um we've recorded them so if you miss them don't worry you can still watch them on our youtube channel
1: absolutely and we're on instagram and facebook of course and then everything's also on our website so or you can just give us a call and we'll tell you yeah on the phone (laughs) to your ear
0: Yep. So lots of uh, content that you can still
1: access. Absolutely, tons and tons of stuff. So which is really exciting, and um, lots of author events. We've already had two or three, I think. Yep. We had um, Fiona McIntosh, and then we had Annette Marner, and we had Victoria Perman. Yep. Who was lovely, and. I can't remember. We've got a couple of poetry workshops oh, we've that's had right as well. So yep. yeah, lots of stuff, and all of that'll be on the YouTube um, channel. So check it out. Yep.
0: So don't worry if you've missed it. So this month we read Maggie's Going Nowhere by Rose Hartley. Yes. Do you? Shall I read the, read the blurb? Yeah, you read sure. the blurb. Yep.
1: Maggie Cotton's life is a hot mess. In one day, she's dumped by her by her boyfriend, disinherited by her mum, and kicked out of the three year degree she's stretched to a decade. And that was before she received the letter saying she owed the government seventy thousand dollars but that's no reason to grow up is it with a decrepit 1960s caravan to call home maggie has has to prove to her mother she can survive without a safety net stop her loyal best friend jen from marrying a scumbag and convince her sexy workman workmate reuben that she's not a walking disaster for someone who spent her life avoiding hard work she sure can move mountains when she's got a little motivation Just don't ask her to move the caravan. Um, So, this is a debut novel um, from Rose Hartley. She lives in Adelaide and we always like to promote our Adelaide authors. And she also lives in a 1960s caravan. I did see a photo of that. Yeah, with her cat Doris. So, there's some parallels between Mm. Rose and Maggie's lives. Yeah, Mm. yeah. I mean, we don't know Rose, and we don't know. We assume her life's not a hot mess <laughs> like Maggie's, but <laughs> she has managed to write a <laughs> book. So she has. <laughs> um, Rose was one of the first winners of the South Australian Ashet Mentoring Program, which is um, which the SA Writers Centre developed in partnership with Ashet. Um, she also graduated from the Clarion Writers Workshop in San Diego. Have you heard of that? No, I've. It's heard a pretty big deal, I think. Yeah, right? Yeah, it's a pretty big deal. It's. Um, I've heard of the Iowa. Um, Yeah, I think it was in Michigan and then it moved to San Diego um, a couple of years ago. So, it's fairly well recognised as an um, excellent training ground for writers. I hadn't heard of – I mean, I'm not a writer, so – but apparently, it's yeah, it's a big deal. So, that's awesome. Um, And Rose also writes short stories and poetry as well. So, that's Rose – And she's our Adelaide author, which is exciting. Yeah. I'm really glad that we got to have an Adelaide author on our list.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Maggie's Going Nowhere. It's a contemporary fiction. Yes. Um, It's set in Melbourne where she once lived.
0: Yeah, I kind of was um, hoping maybe it would be more um, about Adelaide because she's from Adelaide. Yeah, Yeah. I
1: assumed the same. And I wonder if that was a bit of a um, strategic move perhaps, Um, perhaps to have a bit more of – you know, a, maybe a broader appeal. Sure. Being set in Melbourne, I right. guess. Yeah, more um, urban. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, it's gonna be <laughs>
0: Adelaide, <laughs> but it's not. It's not. <laughs> but she and I don't know anything about Melbourne, so it was all yeah. of that. Like, yeah, it was just like reading about any old place.
1: I recognize the suburbs and things like that. Okay. You know, when you know, if it's a fancy suburb, I knew which ones the fancy ones. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but um. This book is, um, it's not a challenge no to read at all. And we deliberately chose a non-challenging book after yep. months of challenges.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Everything we were reading was controversial, controversial. Yeah, that's right. And Jane asked for something light. and Please. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely it. I agree. It was very
1: easy to read. Super easy. And I read it in a couple of nights and, um, yeah, it's it's not a challenge, but it's. D- I don't mean that in a um, disparaging way at no, all. No, um, it was a really fun, easy,
0: contemporary read. Yeah, and it was very well written. Yeah, I thought so too. Mm, the characters were well drawn out, and um, um, but shall we talk about a yeah, bit let's about talk what happens about the happens. book? Yeah, this is what we do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, she's living with her boyfriend and she doesn't work and she doesn't seem to do any chores or anything around the house. No, she seems like a real slacker. Yeah, she's really a freeloader. She she a yeah. self-described freeloader. Yeah, um,
1: and seemingly unlikable.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. I have lots about that yeah yeah we'll talk about it in a minute, but we'll talk about what What happens happens. yeah so she her best friend is Jen and Mm -hmm. Jen is getting married to Jono and Jen basically is is one of those people who just like she just really wants to be married yeah yeah and um and Maggie hates Jono she thinks he's a dropkick
1: yeah (laughs) freeloading loser right which which is is kind of ironic ironic, yeah Yeah. (laughs) yeah Um, and it, the book starts, um, I guess it starts, I think it's on page four, so it's really close, like really right at the beginning. They're trying on wedding dresses for um, Jen's wedding. So Maggie's there and Maggie's mum is there. And um, Jen is trying on an heirloom wedding dress that's been handed down in generations and, you know, five generations of women have worn this beautiful antique lace dress Mm -hmm. and jen is a bit too buxom and a bit too curvy to fit into this dress and is really upset that she doesn't right and maggie literally rips it off of her tears it off rips it in half this heirloom wedding dress and that kind of set the scene for me about who she is The kind of person that Maggie is.
0: Right. Because she does it and she's not upset about it at all. No,
1: she's not apologetic at all. She's like, well, now you can wear something good.
0: Yeah. She (laughs) figures she rescued her friend because her friend didn't really want to – she really didn't want to wear that dress for herself, only for her family because her mother was pressuring her.
1: Yeah. So I feel like that That really very early on you get a a strong sense of, okay, this is what Maggie's like. Right. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And then there's her um, engagement party, and um, she's there with her boyfriend, Sean. Is that right? Yeah. 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 And they are not nice to each other. No. <laughs> the way they speak to each other is really horrible. Yeah. And um, Maggie suspects that Sean is cheating on her with his co-worker, who is um, a long-standing frenemy, I yeah. would say, uh, yeah. of Maggie. Yeah. Um, since they were in high school, they were sort of in competition to see who could be the most <laughs> horrible to the yeah. other person. It yeah. seemed like, yeah. Sarah trying to un- one up her all the time. That's and right. Humiliate her. That's and, right. And, yeah. And so Maggie decides to sort of self-sabotage her relationship and um, goes off and um, hooks up with some guy out in an alleyway. Yeah. And um, her arch nemesis, Sarah sees her and basically it, it, it implodes um, yeah. her relationship yeah she's dumped the
1: next morning yep. kicked out kicked literally out. kicked out yeah the cat and her clothes i don't even think yeah i think he out.
0: i think he threw her clothes out on the yeah, street it was
1: that um quintessential breakup yep where you're chucking the clothes out the front yeah door although i
0: feel like it's usually the woman doing that yeah. but in this case
1: maggie was getting booted yeah
0: yeah yeah so she tries to um um, go back to her mother's place, but her mother is fed up with her. Yeah. And th- they are also horrible to each other, Maggie yes, and her I mother. Know. I can't – I mean, the conversations they had with each other was just like, wow, this is a mother-daughter relationship <laughs> unlike any <Yeah. laughs> I've seen before. <laughs> yeah. And so she um, – Maggie's
1: mum sort of lays down the law and says, you have three months, I think she says, before I disinherit you. If you don't straighten yourself out, yeah, you she said, "I'm writing anymore. you. Yeah, I'm writing out. you
0: out of the will. Yeah, unless you sort yourself out, but not before her mother gives her twelve hundred dollars mm-hmm. for a deposit. Um, on a well, she says to her, she wants her to go and find a place, yeah, a flat, a or flat, whatever. Yeah, yep. and she gives her twelve hundred dollars to help her out. Yeah." And And she said, that's
1: the last money I'm ever giving you. That's right.
0: Yeah. And so instead of doing what her mother says, she goes out and buys this rundown old caravan. Yeah. Yeah. For
1: $1,100.
0: Yep. (laughs) And it has no toilet.
1: No electricity. No running water. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So basically it's just a box where she can sleep.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's right. With a broken window too. Yeah. But it has
0: wheels so she can
1: move it. I... Really got a sense of how shabby it was, as well, because I when I first read the premise of the book, I thought, oh, you know, that's not that bad, yeah, that'd be kinda cool, be kinda and fun. especially the the picture on the front yeah, of the book, really it looks, looks lovely, it's lovely, yeah, um, but in the book it like once she starts um her first night there, it's just so gross, and it's makes you feel really icky. <laughs> 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 Icky and unsafe and mm, uncomfortable like it just feels like surely this is the lowest of the low yeah like yeah. she's
0: sleeping on a hard vinyl yeah, mattress. she's got no sheets, she's got nothing she's got nothing <laughs> she's got nothing <laughs> so she parks it near jen's place so that she can because jen's parents are wealthy and they've bought her a house yeah so jen's set Yeah. So she parks the caravan near Jen's house so that she can go in and out to use the bathroom and have a shower and stuff. She
1: borrows sheets from her and a plate and, yeah, all that stuff.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then she has to go about um, finding work but the, no. I, I can't remember exactly in what order this happens but she she's supposed to be doing this accounting degree which should have taken her four years yeah but she's been doing it for 10 yeah and the whole time collecting center link yeah like a like a study allowance or something like right that. yeah and then well two things happen one is somebody dobs her in she suspects it's sarah yeah. either sarah or sean let Centrelink know that she's actually been living with her boyfriend this whole time. So yeah. part of that money she shouldn't have been collecting. And also, there, her degree, like I said, is only supposed to have taken her four years. She's stretched it to, t- it to 10. So yeah. there's even more money. So that's... Yeah, the, so she gets kicked out of the degree. Yeah. And... And she owes Centrelink 70 grand.
1: Yeah. And she has to do work for the dole, essentially. Right. Or voluntary work. Yes. Um, to claim... Benefits.
0: Yes, so that's why she starts volunteering at a charity shop called the. I wrote it down, the Nicholson Street Angels. Yeah, and yeah. one of her first um, tasks is to find someone to work in the op shop fast, like yesterday. Yeah, and so she's looking at the options, and they're severely limited. And yeah, she has <laughs> to
1: select from like the reject part. They don't have time to adver- re-advertise for a volunteer position, and so she has to. L- basically told choose the least worst one yeah of those people <laughs>
0: and after making a couple of phone calls she um, um decides somebody who um has a prison record will have to do yeah and so she rings him and he says he'll come in and she thinks mm, his voice sounds kind of familiar and then um it turns out when he rocks up that he was a guy that had been at jen's engagement party who she tried to hit on and propositioned yeah have a shag in the bathroom (laughs) (laughs) and surprisingly he said no no. (laughs) no.
1: (laughs) but yeah he waltzes in he's all sexy rugged and and sexy Yeah, yeah 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 and
0: Jen's totally into him yeah so what did you think um yeah, I think it's funny that you said that um, about Maggie being seemingly unlikable because, yeah, it, at the if you like looking at her, you think, God, yeah, she's really she sounds
1: like a real, yeah,
0: yeah, mess. Well, yeah. like it says in the, yeah, on the thing, it, she is, she's a mess. I guess the reason why, from, well, for me, mm-hmm. um, the what made her, um, I don't know if likable is the word, but She's just redeemable. so funny. Yeah. <laughs> like got, I wouldn't yeah. want her to be my friend or my daughter. <laughs> but its it was very funny. That's yeah. right. I don't want her in my life sponging <laughs> off me and living on my couch. <laughs> but, yeah. I, um,
1: I wonder if um, the fact that it's written in first person, I have a feeling that that had something to do with how she became a redeemable, likeable kind of person throughout the thing because when she ripped that wedding dress at the beginning I was like oh my god what a nightmare of a human (laughs) who would do that (laughs) and she grows on you yeah she grows on you and you end up kind of um hoping she comes good at the end and you know that she comes out on top yeah and well I mean we'll talk about the ending in a minute but yeah um I think the fact that it was written in first person gave us a little bit of, I don't know, extra insight into Maggie that made it her seem a bit more likeable.
0: Right. A bit more fun. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it was it was amusing. I, d- I didn't like, I wasn't in stitches the whole way through of the book. No, but. But I certainly was.
0: I did laugh out loud. Yeah. Yeah. In, same. In, yeah. And so it was good to have a book that said it was funny on the cover and it actually was. Yeah. yeah. Delivered. I liked it because it
1: felt really Aussie as well. Okay. I was telling someone about it and um, a girlfriend on the weekend. I said it's kind of like a mixture between a blend of Bridget Jones's diary, because Bridget Jones is a hot mess. Yes. And Muriel's wedding. Have you seen Muriel's wedding? Yes. That's a really good way to describe it. Yeah. That's how, in like a mesh of those two, you know, Muriel's, this is this slacker that, Lives at home, lives off her parents. Bridget's just a hot mess who gets drunk all the time. That's and right, is a mess. And but they're lovable at the same time. You've got it. That's exactly right. Yeah, and yeah. it was really. Um, I really like reading things that are, have that Australian feel to them. Okay, that are contemporary. Right, that aren't just um, I don't know, scary outback things. <laughs> you know, it's a contemporary Aussie fiction and um. Yeah, I'm not going to use the term that the, the, I don't like. The C-H word? Yeah. <laughs> um, because I think that um, sometimes categorises a book in a way that it doesn't do, do any connotations favors. to mm. the term chiclet and, mm. you know, that's not always good and that it's sort of… Um, oh, a bit I don't fluffy. Know. Yeah, a bit fluffy and I don't mm. think this is fluffy no i wouldn't say it's fluffy no
0: it's quite um um i don't know if cutting is the word but yeah um, i know what you mean yeah it's definitely it is yeah it's a bit
1: harsh yeah Yeah. the characters are you know maggie's a bit gross yeah she's a bit yuck yeah (laughs) you know literally and figured like she does you know (laughs) <laughs> not very nice things, but she also lives in filth right. and
0: <laughs> often needs a shower. And Yeah. yeah, She's yeah. not um, – yeah, I think – I mean, could you even say that this is a feminist novel? I mean – Yeah, you like, probably could. Like Maggie does not act quote-unquote ladylike yes. ever. No. <laughs> you know, yeah. No, mm. she just gets on and does whatever. Yep.
1: Yeah, yep. This, that's a good point. There's
0: a lot in here about her sexual – Mm -hmm. mishaps and her mother goes on to her quite a bit about how basically she tells her she's no good and she's cheated on every boyfriend she's ever had yeah and maggie's father was also um cheated on maggie's mother so maggie's mother does a lot of that whole you're just as bad as your father sort of thing yeah and And she does mm self-sabotage a lot Yeah. yeah Maggie, as we've said, hates Jono, who Jen is supposed to marry. Yeah. And then one day she's bad-mouthing Jono to Jen and Jono walks in. Yeah. And, and here's her. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Jen just has had enough.
1: Yeah. She kind of has to choose between her fiancé and her best friend and yep. she chooses her fiancé. Yep, And boots, uh, boots Maggie out. Yep. So yep. now
0: Maggie can't. Um, sponge off Jen can't sponge off her mom, mm-hmm. and so it's kind of like the stakes are high. What's yeah. she gonna do now?
1: Yeah, that's kind of her lowest ebb, isn't it? Mm. That point when she's um when Jen's not talking to her,
0: and then is that the
1: turning point? You think?
0: I I think maybe the turning point is when Jen then finds out that Jono has been cheating on her. Yeah, and decides to go ahead with the rehearsal dinner anyway. Yeah. And then at the rehearsal dinner basically announces in her speech that yeah. she knows and that it's the end of it. And then there's a big what what is it that happens that um the uh the police get involved and oh because there's a big food fight. That's right. There's a big food fight and then because um ruben is there and ruben has mm, um, priors. priors yeah they immediately try to pin things on him and then he because he and maggie had been getting quite close by this point yeah and um but he decides i don't want anything to do with you anymore because yeah you're this not is a what good, you bring yeah, into my life
1: you're not a good decision
0: yeah, for me. Yeah, yep. he says I yep. need to be with somebody who's like an accountant, and she's like, "Well, I'm practically an accountant because I was studying it for ten years." <laughs> <laughs> I have. What did she say? I've
1: got a diploma or something. Yeah, like that's yeah. right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah, so she's lost the guy. She's lost her friend. She's yep. lost her uh, place to live. She's yep. lost everything.
1: Yeah, and then she sort of claws her way back. But it's this is not a. Um, it's not a true. Um, and Maggie saves the day and then she walks hand in hand with Reuben into the sunset. It's not quite as um, – um, the redeeming factor is not quite so grand. It's yeah. just tiny little, oh, yeah, I reckon she's going to be okay. That's yeah. how you feel at the end. Just I know. I think she's on the right track
0: now. <laughs> well, and I was going to ask you that. Do you think that she, you know – Does she mature in the end? Is she any different? Is Maggie any different at the end? I had that as well. Did she develop Mm. as a
1: character? Um, Yes, but not a huge amount. Right. Not tons like you would typically expect from a rom-com or something like that. Yeah, and I guess
0: that's part of the reason why I liked it because, you know, it's too formulaic to have, you know, the heroine, everything bad happens. And then, yeah, at the last minute she sweeps in and everything's perfect.
1: yeah. That's right. It was. It's a slow, it's a slow development throughout the kind of the whole book. Really, it's it's not you know, the last chapter. Everything's tied up nicely. No, no. It kind of happens um, piece by piece, which I liked. I liked that too.
0: Yeah. What did you think on the cover? It says um, she that she's having the time of her life. Would you agree with that? No. No, me neither.
1: She sounds like she's having a horrible time. Yeah, it sounds like super stressful. Yeah, (laughs) it sounds really stressful.
0: Yeah. Um, The money problems, the problems of where to stay uh, all the time, the danger of living in a caravan, the no shower. Yeah. The no toilet, the that's no right. food. She had like $4 in her bank account for about five days. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And nothing to eat. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I thought that was interesting that it says she's having the time of her life. Yeah, no. And I don't think she ever was having the time of her life. No. I
1: think she was probably not um honest with herself about, you know, how much fun she was having. Right. And and the cheating and the the boyfriends and just moving from one relationship to another i guess
0: there's that aspect that shows that she has grown a bit in that she sort of through sort of self reflection and talking to ruben she says this is what i do because i was cheated on by my very first boyfriend yeah Um, And he broke my heart. Ever since then, I sort of beat the other person to the punch and sabotage my relationships myself. Oh, tons of self-sabotage
1: throughout the whole... Yeah, I definitely don't think she was having the time of her life. No. Even if she thought she might have been.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And do you think she should have ended up with Ruben? Yes. Yeah?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Because I think he isn't a pushover. Right. Whereas because the other one that we kind of thought partway through, maybe she might end up with Dan. Oh, Dan, that's
0: right.
1: Who she's the one that um, she kind of half cheated on at the um, engagement party. Um, But he was too nice. Yeah, that's right. Too nice and and a pushover. And I think Maggie needed somebody who's not going to put up with her shit. Right. And call her on her shit. Right.
0: What do you think? I don't know. I felt like... Um, She wasn't good enough for Reuben. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I was. It was kind of. I feel weird about saying that because I know what you mean. Like you do kind yeah. of want her to get the guy in the end, but at the same time, I don't know. Like she's got. I think he was a better.
1: Like you know, if you're going to compare who's a better person, oh, mm. Reuben's better person. <laughs> Maggie's been kind of enabled her whole life and yeah. just spoiled by friends and parents that let her get away with acting like trash. Mm.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe maybe Ruben will sort her out. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's book
1: two. <laughs> Who knows?
0: The other thing I wanted to ask you is um, now that you've read the book, mm-hmm. what do you think of the cover?
1: Oh. Um, I think um, – it's not as um heartwarming and as uh nice and I'm putting that in things, yeah. nice as what it seems.
0: Yeah. That's what I thought too.
1: This, this cover might be something that um my mum might pick up. Yeah. But she wouldn't like this book.
0: That's right. And and conversely, I think some people wouldn't pick it up based on the cover. Who would like it? Yeah, because it has that edge to it—that yeah. kind of a hard edge. Whereas, the cover makes it seem a bit fluffy.
1: Yeah, mm. and it's not. It is. It's quite not fluffy. Down and dirty a bit, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you haven't read it, and we haven't spoiled it too much, <laughs> and you like Bridget Jones's Diary and Muriel's Wedding,
0: and who doesn't really? I mean, come I on, mean, really. <laughs>
1: Then you'll like this. <laughs> and I really liked it. It was a really fun book to read. So, a few things. I've got some literary news. Okay. And I've actually read two other books this month. Wow, look at you. I know. And I've
0: only read one. So, um, why don't you start then? Okay. And I'll stick mine in between your
1: reviews. Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, one that I read right before Maggie's Going Nowhere is called Paris or Die by Jane Tuttle. And I chose it because... Her Jane is spelt the same way as my Jane. Oh, (laughs) nice. (laughs) The flippant things that make you choose a book. Um, So this is a memoir of Jane's time in Paris. She spent some time living in Paris when she was younger, came back to Australia and then won a scholarship um, through the French embassy to study um, at an international theatre school. Um, At first I did not like this book. I know. (laughs) I was finding it – Maybe a little immature or a bit, bit too youthful, huh? Um, but it grew on me. It's really visceral and um, full of gratuitous descriptions of beautiful Paris and things. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know what you were going to say just then. <laughs> um, and
1: it ended up being a really um, warm and quite raw memoir. Um, I've read heaps and heaps of travel memoirs. And quite a number that are um, set in Paris or France. Um, And I really liked it and I appreciated it for its honesty. I think sometimes they gloss over the yuck stuff that happens when you're living abroad. Um, But this is full of lovely things and the embarrassing things or the things that didn't quite work out. Yeah, we want to hear about those things for sure. Yeah, Mm. it was full of that and there's heaps of cringy Aussie in Paris (laughs) moments. (laughs) But she's really frank about those moments. Um, She reflects on them, but she also doesn't apologise for being that way because she's Australian and we culturally have different ways of speaking or mannerisms or doing things or expectations Mm. socially Um, and she doesn't apologise for that. She's just like, oh, huh. (laughs) (laughs) that's how I am and that didn't work in that situation so um yeah I didn't like it at at first but then yeah probably a third of the way you know I started to really appreciate it for its honesty right yeah nice so if you're into um travel memoirs Mm.
0: then yeah this is not a bad one how old would she have been when she wrote that do you think
1: pretty young i right. think like she 20s? was i think she was in a late 20s or early 30s i think mm. yeah and she's older than this now so this is not she didn't write this from a period of time of like two years ago this is you know maybe okay she's reflecting back yeah
0: yeah, mm. yeah. right Good one. See, that's that one. Well, um, I read such a fun age by Kylie oh, Reed. Yeah, did you? and this was a book that Jane and I considered for the podcast. And yeah. in a the end, of, a couple of
1: times we've talked about we it, did. We? Yeah, but yeah.
0: in the end, I'm glad we didn't um, oh. choose it as a podcast book, just because it's um, so American. Yeah, and that's what we had
1: wondered if it was going to be too after a couple of um,
0: discussions about it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, go on, sorry. Yeah, you're, you, well, you were right. It is um, very American. But it's also still a really interesting story. So it's about Amira, who's a young woman um, and a person of color in Philadelphia. And she gets hired by Alex Chamberlain, who is a wealthy white woman with two small children, um, as their babysitter. And one evening, Amira is out at her friend's birthday party. And Alex has a bit of an emergency situation. And she rings Amira and says, can you please come over and take their daughter Briar out for a couple of hours because I need to look after something. So Amira agrees to that. And she comes to the house. And by now it's quite late. And she takes um, little Briar out to the nearby supermarket, which is a high end, um, mostly um, populated by white shoppers. Um, And just trying to kill some time. And she's noticed by a couple of other shoppers. And they find it suspicious the way she's dressed and the time. And that she's with this little white girl. And so they alert the um, security guard who starts to question her. And um, while he's doing that, and she's um, rightly upset. um, She's like, I'm just working here. I'm just doing my job. And somebody films the whole um, scenario, the whole thing, go down. And eventually she has to ring um, Briar's father and get him to come out basically to say, yes, she's our babysitter and this is fine. So that's where the story starts. Um, and, um, you know, obviously more things ensue from there, but it's a very nuanced portrayal of the complexities of race relations and also social and economic status in the States um, it was as I say very American and ma- it wasn't really anything that I could relate to personally but uh, I was still really um, interested it's not formulaic it's well written the characters are really interesting um, I did notice one because um, as I always do i finish finished the book and then I go on Goodreads to see what other people thought of it and somebody um, Compared it to *The Help* by Catherine Stockett, which, oh, right. yeah. yeah, and yeah. it's simultaneously has similar aspects to it, but of course, it's also completely different because it's it would al- it's almost like if *The Help* were written sixty years later mm. in an urban setting, um, and I would say much more intricate and complex, um, and maybe because racial tensions in America have become more intricate and complex. Um, um but yeah um but anyway really really interesting did you like read. it i did yeah mm. i did like it
1: it's yeah. getting lots of attention well it has been getting quite a bit of attention since it came out you see it around a bit yeah, on definitely. people's lists of things to read and things like that so yeah yeah good one yeah um the other book that i read um is a non-fiction book it's called a family's guide to waste free living by lauren and oberon carter um, and I know what that sounds like. It sounds like, <laughs> oh, you're one of those people.
0: <laughs> oh, my initial reaction was, that sounds great. <laughs> Not like it a riveting read, but <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, but I really, and I, I don't use I read lots of these sorts of things and I don't always bring them in um, because I kind of, you know, you don't read this sort of thing cover to cover. You, yeah. you look through it and you pick and choose bits and whatever. But I wanted to bring this to people's attention because it's a really beautifully produced book and it's way more accessible than some of the books on this topic. Okay. Um, sometimes these sort of uh, waste-free books can be like super hardcore and it's all or nothing and you have to like eliminate everything. It's a little bit more of a softly, softly approach, I guess. Right. It's full of gorgeous photos, beautiful images – uh, it talks about food, packaging, gardening. Uh, it's not a zero-waste book. It's a uh, – with like, you know, completely unachievable goals, you know. It's really hard to be zero-waste. Mm. Um, it's not intimidating. Some of those books can be intimidating. So I guess I, I wanted to um, mention it because it's a nice entry-level book to this topic right um and it kind of
0: reminds me of um just the the softly softly approach that you're talking about mm-hmm. the um, edible garden cookbook yeah you know how yeah yes. Paul West was like yeah. you don't have to like sell your house and go and live in the country yeah, and off-grid. grow all your own food yeah, yeah. he yeah. said you could start with growing herbs on your windowsill exactly and I really liked that about that yeah. and that's kind of that it reminds is, me yeah of that. it is
1: similar to that it's not it's not um a one stop shop for everything. It's not it hasn't got five hundred recipes on cleaning products, but it's got a you know, maybe half a dozen of really normal recipes. Right. Use things that you actually have in the cupboard, not things you have to spend a million dollars at the weird health food shop yeah. to get. Um but it was yeah, it's lovely. So that's a family guide to waste free living by Lauren and over on Carter. Um so keep your eye out for that. That's a Plum book. Plum are an um, imprint of Pan Mac oh. and Plum always do such pretty, Yeah, it's a very attractive looking book. Yeah, and yeah. it smells good too. <laughs> you can smell it in a minute. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's got that nice smell. <laughs> um, and very quickly, I wanted to also mention, we talked about Good Omens a little while ago that I oh, yes. reread from reading a million years ago. Right. Um, and I we just finished watching the series. Oh, I heard it's over good. The weekend. It was really good. Um, and I know, you know, people get a bit purist about these sorts of things, particularly Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman mm. books. They've got super hardcore fans. Um,
0: but it was really it was great. Is it a comedy?
1: Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm. And um, my husband hasn't read the book, um, but he really enjoyed it. So it's not you have to read it to be able to enjoy it you'll enjoy it anyway. Okay. It was fun. It's only six episodes. Oh. Six, eight, six or eight episodes long. It it's was, good to yeah. have
0: shows like that that you can just binge in a few yeah, days and it's or not whatever. like a you know a huge commitment. Six week commitment yeah. like
1: so many are. So I just thought I'd plug that, that that's it was really good and I'm was really pleased that it was good.
0: Oh good. Yeah. How did you watch it?
1: Um we signed up to Amazon Prime. Oh okay, our, you know. 28th streaming service that we now subscribe <laughs> to. Um, yeah, it's available on Amazon.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, in the in terms of literary gossip, I don't know what you've found, but I've found not much. Yeah. like pretty much all the news right now is how libraries are rolling with the punches to keep delivering yeah. service to you in, in different ways. Yeah. as so many industries and places of service are trying to really
1: quickly pivot there. Offerings.
0: That's right. And I think, uh, you know, generally there's uh, some impressive things that people have been able to come up with, yeah. um, you know, in not much time.
1: Yeah. I mean, librarians and libraries sometimes get a bad rap for being old stick in the muds, but...
0: Not us. <laughs> <laughs> but Generally,
1: libraries are pretty early adopters to lots of things. That's and right. So the pivot to virtual um, delivery of services is not a hard... Um thing for us to do and that's I'm right. not talking about just us, Marion, but libraries as an industry we're pretty um happy to pivot and change and be mm. flexible we're with versatile, what we do. Yeah, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. We just want people to have and use our stuff that's right, and we will make that happen, yeah <laughs> no matter how <laughs> whatever way we can um the only news I had was from um the Australia Council's last round of four year funding I don't know if you read about that, but the australia council um ...funds lots of creative and artistic and cultural events across the nation. Um, so their four-year raf- uh, round of four-year funding was released last month... ...and it was met with lots of disappointment... ...for heaps of people in the literary world. Mm. Um, and puts into question lots of um, smaller journals and writers... Mm. ...and their future, I guess. Um, so their, so the Australian Book Review, which has been around for mm. 40 years... Wow that um, that's an independent, not-for-profit book review journal. Um, They were defunded by Mm -hmm. the Australian Council. Now, I don't know if that means – I don't know what that means for them, whether that was their only source of funding. I presume not, Um, but it will certainly impact what they're able to deliver. So, they have around 600 writers that contribute to the um, ABR. So, that's a fairly significant um, blow, I guess, for – Writers, Mm. because they write, uh, they publish um, not just reviews, but features and short stories and creative writing and things like that. So that's a bit sad. Mm. Um, And also, the Sydney Writers Festival and the Brisbane Writers Festival were also defunded. Right. By the Australia Council. And the Sydney Writers Festival is a big, 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 big festival. Um, So I presume that they have other funding sources, but um, the fact that they have be de- been defunded by the Australian councils a bit yeah sad it's sad yeah yeah mm. I mean there's only so much money to go around mm. and you know maybe um by defunding some of these more well established things maybe some smaller emerging creatives are now getting a look in perhaps that's the silver lining
0: yeah that's good to be able to yeah put a silver lining on that yeah mm. um we've had um quite a few more members join our literary anything Facebook group so if you're listening for the first time welcome, welcome and thanks lovely for joining us you. yep and um definitely comment on the, in the group and um tell us what what uh, you thought of yeah. Maggie's going nowhere or anything that yeah. you're reading
1: what are your you know what are your reading lists for the time that we're all spending at home
0: well i'm so glad you asked oh. jane and we didn't <laughs> even prepare no. <laughs> no, we did not <laughs> but my um, ebook just came mm-hmm. in. Uh, just as we were sitting down to record the podcast, it um, I got a notification to say that my book "Missing William Tyrrell" has oh. come in. Um, right. Obviously, that's not a happy read. That's about the little boy in um, the Spider-Man costume mm-hmm. who went missing. Um, he's sort of iconic in Australia now. But um, I'm I'm interested um, to read that one. I can't wait to see what you thought. Yeah yep apparently it's very good yeah and the other one that i'm really looking forward to one of our um, colleagues just finished reading it and came in today and she said it was just beautiful is um dictionary of lost words by pip williams yeah now we're going to have pip um next month or um, this month i should say because it's may um um do one of our webinars and so um this is pip's first fictional book she's written um uh, she wrote a um, travel journal called One Italian Summer, um, but this is her first work of fiction. And I just, um, I was set to go to her book launch actually, um, and it obviously got canceled. And so she did a launch on Better Reading. And so I listened to that. And it was just, um, she's just a lovely, full disclosure, I actually know Pip. Her, her oh, son, you? yeah. Oh. Her son and my <laughs> son have been friends basically since we moved here. Um, and so I guess I'm biased. She's a just a lovely person, but also her book sounds fascinating and I can't wait to read yeah. it. And people
1: are really into it. I was talking to a bookseller the other day and she said that it's flying off the, off the shelves um, at her shop.
0: Yeah, and it's had heaps of publicity. Yeah. Um, yeah, write-ups and everything. So, um, yeah, we're fortunate to... Have her do one of our webinars. So if that interests you, definitely jump on to our events um, page and sign up because they are. Uh, it is limited. Um, yeah, we're only able to have a limited number of people join um, via Zoom. So um, yeah. get in there. Get in quick.
1: Yep. Yeah, because they are booking up really quickly. These yeah, virtual author. They are author talks. Um, so a couple of books coming out this month. I've only chosen a couple. Um, Kathy Lett has a new book coming out called um, HRT, Husband Replacement Therapy. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Kathy's very popular. Um, So this book is um, coming out. They've called it a funny, big-hearted novel, perfect for those looking for ways to upend their lives – and spend every minute exploring new
0: pleasures. Mm. So Now, isn't she the one who wrote Puberty Blues? Excuse yes. me, having a Canadian moment here. I'm sure no, everybody at did. home is like, of course she wrote Puberty Blues. I yes. just, um, yeah. I saw that it's on Libby, and I wondered if I should read that since I've never read it. Ooh. Or do you think I'm too old? <laughs> what do you think?
1: <laughs> um, I read Puberty Blues... We had to watch Puberty Blues when we were in high school. You had to? Yeah, it was like part of Part the, of the curriculum? Yeah. Uh, well, it was part of the um, sort of, I don't know, when you learn about puberty and oh. all that sort of that health stuff. Oh, it was a, it was, oh, okay. So that was used as part of that curriculum. Wow. And it's a fairly confronting movie. And and we read the book as well and it's confronting.
0: Yeah, I w- imagine some parents might have had… Um, uh, issue no i don't know wow i didn't hear anything right (laughs) (laughs) i thought adelaide's supposed to be quite you know
1: (laughs) what was the 90s who knows (laughs) maybe things are different now (laughs) um yes she did write that so she's written it's almost like because she wrote that when she she wrote puberty blues when she was very young Mm. very young as well Mm. it's almost like she's writing um for her peers right Maybe for her age group mm. as well, if that makes sense. Um, we had Kathy here a couple of years ago and she was an absolute scream. She was so out there and was hilarious and saucy. And yeah, Ooh, she sorry, was great. I missed that. She was great. I
0: have to try and get her back sometime.
1: Well, I did try, but because all the tours have been cancelled and everything's off the cards, mm. unfortunately. Mm. So yeah, have a look for that. That's Cathy Lett, um, HRT, husband replacement therapy so <laughs> it's obviously a play on hrt right yeah yeah which neither of us know anything no about i yet. don't know anything about that <laughs> <laughs> now this one i thought um of you when i saw this one this is um, an alan and Unwin book um called the discomfort of evening it's called it's by marie lucas reineveld Ten-year-old Jazz has a unique way of experiencing her universe, the feeling of utter ointment on her skin, the texture of green warts on migrating toads, the sound of blush words that aren't in the Bible. But when a tragic accident ruptures the family, her curiosity warps into a vortex of increasingly disturbing fantasy, unlocking a darkness that threatens to derail them all. A best-selling sensation in the Netherlands, this radical debut novel is studded with images of wild, violent beauty, a world of language unlike any other.
0: I don't know what to think about the fact that dark and disturbing makes you think of me. Dark and disturbing. Oh, (laughs) Paula's going to love it.
1: (laughs) It was the world of language that made me think Uh, of you. Oh, thanks. Because I know you like those sorts of... I do like those sorts of things. um, And that looks really... Unusual.
0: Mm, it sounds very unusual. Yeah,
1: and have a look at the cover. Even the cover is disconcerting. Yeah. So that's an Alan Unwood book, The Discomfort of Evening. Mm. And lastly, um, another um, Marian friend, Hugh McKay, who's been and spoken here lots of times. He's got two books coming out in May, which, you know, who's got the time for two books? <laughs> um, but the one that I want to talk about is The Inner Self. So that comes out this month. The Inner Self is a book about the ways we hide from the truth about ourselves, both as individuals and as human beings, and the psychological freedom we enjoy when we finally face that most searching question of all, who am I really? So that's Pan Mac book that's coming out this month. How and does Hugh
0: McKay have time to write too? Like that sounds like a really... I know, the know.
1: other one he's written is a fiction book. So he okay. writes fiction as well yeah, as non-fiction, right. but mm. his... Um, Non fiction books are always really pertinent and interesting. Yeah. 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 Mm. So that's called The Inner Self by Hugh McKay. Shall we talk cool. about what's next month? Yeah, book?
0: let's do it. Drum roll. Well, I think we announced it last Yes, we month, did. So it's not, a, not surprise. a surprise. But again, in case you missed it, our book for next month is Year of Wonders by Geraldine Brooks. Um, so I'll read a little blurb about it. When an infected bolt of cloth carries plague from London to an isolated village, a housemaid named Anna Frith emerges as an unlikely heroine and healer. Through Anna's eyes, we follow the story of the fateful year of 1666, as she and her fellow villagers confront the spread of the disease and superstition. As death reaches into every household and villagers turn from prayers to murderous witch hunting, Anna must find the strength to confront the disintegration of her community and the lure of illicit love. As she struggles to survive and grow, a year of catastrophe becomes Annas Mirabilis, a year of wonders. So Jane has read this book before a, a long, long time ago. Time ago. Yeah. yeah. But it's one of your favorites, right?
1: I did love this book. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm actually interested to see if I still
0: love it. Yeah. Have you ever done that before, gone back and read something and then not loved it? Yeah, 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 yeah. me too. Yeah, It's disappointing when that (laughs) happens. (laughs) But I'm sure that won't (laughs) happen with this one. (laughs) I've heard lots of people um, say that this is one of their, like on their list of their favourite books. So, yeah. Uh, We'll see if it stands the test of time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And this is available on Libby as well. Yes. Um, We've deliberately chosen things you can get um, on eAudio and or ebook so yeah you'll find it on there
0: yep yeah so happy reading yep and we'll
1: see you in june june
0: Literary anything, our Marion Libraries podcast where we talk about Oh I've screwed it up again. Bum, bum. Where we talk about anything literary and literary anything. <laughs> okay. <sighs> it's a really good start. This <laughs> 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 doesn't bode
1: well. <laughs> We're okay. Okay. Let's
0: shake it off. Should do some of those like <laughs> I can't even do it. Me, 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 me.
1: What is that? Red leather, yellow leather. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look, it's a pandemic. Yeah, we're trying our best. Doing our best. (laughs) (laughs) Spent a lot of time with our families this week,
0: right?